Welcome to Energy Analyst Talk, a podcast from ESAI Energy. Welcome back to Energy Analyst Talk. Today we'll be looking at developments in Middle Eastern refining. Now, global refining took a hit during the pandemic, and as we track the recovery and the return of runs, two large refineries in the Middle East are coming online this year, Al Zor Refinery in Kuwait and Jazan Refinery in Saudi Arabia. To get a sense of what to expect from these two projects and what it means for the region, we're joined by ESAI Energy Middle East and Africa analyst, Mohanad Al-Suwaiden. Welcome to the show, Mohanad. Thanks for having me, Jake. Could you give a sense of what these projects are and how they fit into the Middle East refining scene? Uh, sure. Uh, let's begin with the uh, Zohar Refinery in Kuwait. Um, Fifteen years ago, Kuwait launched the Clean Fuels Project that sought to reorient Kuwait's refining industry towards cleaner fuels, as the name obviously suggests. It involved upgrades to two existing refineries, Mina Al-Ahmadi and Mina Abdullah. Uh, a third refinery at Shaiba was closed and Al-Zor was built with a capacity of 615,000 barrels per day, making it the largest refinery in the Middle East and one of the largest in the world. The refineries will produce ultra-low sulfur diesel under Euro 5 specifications and low sulfur fuel oil for local power generation. In Saudi Arabia, the Jazan refinery brings 400,000 barrels a day of refining capacity to the southwestern region near the Yemeni border. Uh, the refinery will ultimately supply the region around it with fuel products and power. The Jazan economic city is planned to include electronics manufacturing, chemical and pharmaceutical plants, and a wide range of other industries. But until those projects come online, which is a few years away, the majority of Jazan refineries lighter products will likely be exported. Fuel oil will be fed to a, an adjacent IGCC power plant for power generation. How do you view the timing of these two projects? Another project we're following is Oman's joint venture with Kuwait at the Dukum refinery, which is scheduled to come online in 2022 with 230,000 barrels a day capacity. Is there enough demand in the market to handle this increased capacity coming from the Middle East? Well, obviously, the start of these projects was planned long before the pandemic. Uh, the current environment is far from ideal for the launch of the projects. Uh, but the Gulf countries are facing similar challenges from international environmental regulations and stricter fuel specifications. And they're all rushing to stay relevant in the global market and upgrade their refining industry. But there will be closures globally with this additional capacity. So far, 300,000 barrels a day of capacity will be closing in 2021, but that number will rise. This also means the shift towards the processing of heavier crude oils. Now, Kuwait and Saudi Arabia are close allies in the region. Do these projects coming online simultaneously indicate anything about the future relationship of the two countries? Can we expect more competition between them? Well, it's true Kuwait and Saudi Arabia are close political allies, but they have their share of disagreements as well, especially in the oil sector. Saudi Arabia effectively shut down crude production at the neutral zone for five years, largely to assert its authority over Kuwait, which it restarted in 2019, only to shut it down again during the pandemic. Kuwait has since taken strides to make sure their oil industry has room to maneuver without Saudi control. Kuwait and Saudi Arabia will continue to work together in OPEC since it's mutually beneficial for both countries. But the enhancement of refining capacity in Kuwait allows Kuwait to expand its share in the refining market where they are not as tightly coupled with the Saudis. Uh, while it may seem the two countries are going to head to head for market share, they are doing so in a way that's least confrontational for both, but especially for Kuwait. Is this dynamic playing out elsewhere in the region as well? It is. Most of the discussion of the Middle East either focuses on the region as a whole 
or focuses on large rivalries in the region, Saudi Arabia and Iran, for example. But there's a trend of competition between close allies that will only intensify moving forward. Politically, we know from history that close allies can end up stepping on each other's toes because they have more certainty that the other country will not retaliate. Between Saudi Arabia and the UAE is another interesting relationship that's brewing. A couple of weeks ago, Saudi Arabia announced that it will not award any government contracts to international companies that do not have their regional headquarters in Saudi Arabia by 2024. Now, this was a clear attempt to grab the hub status from Dubai uh, for international business. Most of the Gulf countries are attempting to diversify their economies, but they're moving in similar industries, finance, tourism, technology, and also refining products and petrochemicals. These moves by Gulf states seeking to capture uh, markets from other Gulf states should only increase in the next decade. I think you're right. The potential for these countries to step on each other's toes, as you put it, is definitely high when they're each pursuing the same means to diversify. It should make for some interesting geopolitical developments. Now, I'm sure we'll have you back in the future to discuss this topic further, but in the meantime, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Analyst Talk, a podcast from ESAI Energy.